This episode is brought to you by the Recharge Family. The Recharge Family is a service network that focuses on providing free content and resources for parents and educators so that they can better support the kids in their lives who may be struggling in some capacity. The Recharge Family provides a wide variety of multimedia content with their Exhausted Educators podcast, Parents Recharge podcast, and the Recharge Family YouTube channel. They also help individual families through their service-based Holding On To Learning LLC, where they'll meet with you virtually to answer any school-based or outside agency-based questions, or just to provide families with some guidance on the next steps to help their child. The good news is, if your family can't pay for this service, you don't pay anything. And even if you can afford it, it's only a donation-based service, so you choose the amount that you'd like to donate. To learn more about the Recharge Family services or to support the Recharge Family mission, go to rechargefamily.com or follow the Recharge Family on Instagram or Twitter at Recharge Family. Remember, you can do your part too in helping more families and educators get access to the Recharge Family information and resources by subscribing wherever you watch or listen to the Recharge Family content. Isn't it time to get the child in your life back on track with the support that they deserve? You can do that by going to rechargefamily.com. To all the exhausted village, I'm, that's what I'm going to call your fans, Kyle. The exhausted village. Shout out to the exhausted educator. <laughs> this is a Holding On To Learning LLC production. Woo! The ideas expressed on this show are not the views of their employer. Besides, if you really want to take advice from this guy, well, you should probably do it at your own risk. You're gonna love the exhausted educator show. What is going on, Education Heroes? Thank you for dropping in to the Exhausted Educator Show. In this episode, we are diving deep into how to help new teachers. What are their challenges that they face? What are the areas that they need extra support in? If you're a mentor or you're someone who works in a building and you feel like you are going to need to help a new teacher out this year, you need to listen in on this episode. If you're a new teacher, you need to listen in on this episode. I'll tell you why. We've got a ringer. She's back again for a second dose. Lauren Bolden is going to join us, and she, in my opinion, is a master lead mentor. In our district where we work, she runs the whole show. She's got a super compassionate heart. She works so hard with new teachers. She's amazing, and you're going to want to hear what she has to say. Before we get into all that, let me first remind you, we are part of the Recharge Family Service Network, where our mission is to try to provide content and resources for parents and educators so that they can better support kids, specifically kids who struggle in some capacity. With that in mind, if you could do us a favor and subscribe wherever you listen or watch, it will be helpful because that's how more content gets out to more families and more educators who need it, and maybe even drops at the doorstep of some new teachers. Let me share a little bit about our special guest. Lauren Bolden does so many things for her school district in Delaware. 
If you remember way back, and if you didn't see this before or listen to this before, way back last year, uh, maybe around, I'm not sure, maybe October, November, she came on with us and shared some amazing information. She does so much. She's involved with tech instructional side in our school district, but she's also the person in charge of overseeing our mentor program. In the state where we're at, in many other states as well, a mentor program is required, and rightly so. It's super important. Well, she has a lot of insight on how to best help new teachers, and it's because she rolls up her sleeves and gets in there and gets to know them on an individual, personal basis, which in my opinion is the only way that you're gonna, you're really going to reach out and help them, and they do need help. I don't care how awesome they are coming from college or in a different field, everyone coming in needs help even veteran teachers, even principals, everybody needs help. It's really challenging. So with that in mind, she always goes out and meets with them individually. She has an ear for, for what their needs are and goes out of her way to help them. You're really going to love this conversation with her. She's amazing. She's a good friend of mine, and I love her compassion. Her heart is always on point. She's now an author, by the way. She joined forces with a couple other people, and now she's an author. And we dive into that just a little, in case you're interested. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend, and if not yet, soon your new friend too, Lauren Bolden. Ladies and gentlemen, my good friend Lauren Bolden is on with us. I'm super excited to have her on. I wanted to make sure we had a an episode about new teachers and mentors, and there is nobody better, in my opinion, than Lauren Bolden, who's back again on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me, Lauren. Thanks, Kyle. I appreciate you offering me to be here, and um, you are amazing with new teachers as well. So I'm so excited <laughs> to have this conversation with you because... You bring so much to the program that we have um, in our school district. So I'm glad we're talking about this today. Well, thanks. And, and I honestly believe this. I've said this before um, on, on the previous episode is that your care and compassion makes you the perfect person for what you do with working with new teachers and also their mentors. So uh, that's exactly why I wanted to bring you on so you could share your wisdom with everybody. So in, I do believe you are the first person to come on twice onto this podcast. And now Laura Rizzo, who everybody loves, Laura Rizzo, was on because she did um, she did the podcast and then did like a live event for us, which we rolled out as a podcast. But the actual being on the podcast twice, you are the first person, Laura, Bolden. <laughs> Thanks, Kyle. I appreciate it. I love it. I feel, I feel special. <laughs> so if, if anybody hasn't heard your previous episode, why don't you share a little bit about yourself and then just tell your ed journey and all the way up to where you, what you're doing now. Awesome. Thank you. So I just finished my 16th year of teaching, which is uh, unbelievable to me. Honestly, I spent my first 11 years in a seventh and eighth grade language arts classroom, which was a TAM setting team approach to mastery um, with both regular and special ed students and an additional 
as teacher in there. It's an incredible experience. Um, and I gained a lot of knowledge there, which then led me into the position I'm currently in and have been in for the last five years. I'm a digital learning resource teacher where I help support um, pre-K through 12 in our school district with using technology appropriately in their lessons. And that um, position actually helped guide me into um, what I worked on last year, which was my first co-authored book, which is called um, Next Level Digital Tools and Teaching. So that was really an exciting adventure. Um, I have worked in mentoring for the last 10 years. I was figuring it out today. I wasn't quite sure how long I've been there. Uh, Previously started working with just our um, last year of mentees who uh, in their mentoring program, Delaware has a three or four year program. We've now switched to four years. And that's where um, our teachers would really work on professional responsibility and growth. And um, the last couple of years, I've really dove into helping to build new teacher orientation, supporting our mentors and focusing on our year one and year two mentees um, and getting them where they need to be with the idea that they've spent a lot of energy to get Get where they are, and we just want to give them full support so that they feel confident in the career choice that they've made. You're a rock star in the mentor world. You know, I, you know, I believe that. And so, I just it's it's an absolute honor to work with you with so many of our new teachers and our mentors in our school district. And you and I have a very similar philosophy on our approach on how everybody needs to roll up their sleeves and get in there and help kids, and but also get in there and help the people who support the kids. And specifically to new teachers, it is not so easy. And we're going to dive into that in just a second, but I want to give you a shout out. I'm really happy you talked about your new book. I didn't think, I know you're so humble, I didn't really think you were going to throw that out there, so I was going to put it out there myself. But congratulations on the new book. Real quick, just tell everybody what, what it's all about. So it's all about how to not just buy a tech tool, it's about how to use it to increase engagement, how to bring power into your classroom, and how to really transform your students' learning by using digital tools. Um, We're really in that world now, and we all got a healthy dose of how to use digital tools um, the last couple of years. And so now it's how do we level it up? What is our next level of using them to um, enhance this 21st century learner's learning? Awesome. Awesome. And we will put that in the show link uh, in, the, in the show notes. We'll put the link down there so you can check that out. Any of the audience, whether you're on YouTube or getting this on podcast, we'll put that in the show notes so you can check it out. So new teachers, we are on a, a different, a different stratosphere when it comes to filling positions at schools. And you know, and I know that both of us have had plenty of meetings, individual meetings with teachers where they're teary-eyed and we get teary-eyed right along with them and, and just heartfelt stuff because of the challenges, right? Can you just talk about some of the, the challenges that new teachers are facing? Absolutely. I think one of the first challenges that comes right to my mind is that feeling of being overwhelmed, right? So I'm a, a first-year teacher straight out of college and I have... 30 pairs of eyes staring at me. And even though I've trained for it, perhaps through practicum, through student teaching, I remember my very first day to this moment, staring and looking at all the blinking eyes and taking a deep breath and being like, whoa, 
I'm in charge of this, right? <laughs> like this is like, they have to listen to me. You know, I've always been the, on the other side, sitting in the desk. And that in itself is completely overwhelming. Um, let alone all of the other things that come with teaching. And that leads me into thinking some of our postgraduate students or straight out of college have have gotten to experience some of those things. Um, but I really think about in our state, we call them um, our ARTC uh, candidates, so, you know, alternate routes to certification candidates. These are um, those teachers who have decided to make a career change. They've um, they were in some sort of world outside of education, most likely, and now they are coming over to us and they have decided to dedicate themselves to the educational world, which is incredible. And when I step back and think about them, I think about how overwhelmed they must be on that first day, because if I'm coming from the business world or somewhere else, sometimes I'm, I get to work a lot but I can work alone, right? I can work in my cubby or I can take a breath for a second. You can't even go to the bathroom when you're teaching for eight hours a day, right? Like those memes are real. Like you train yourself not to go. That's a special so skill. I, it is. So I, I think about those You got to go late on the coffee in the mornings. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, no coffee though. You really need the coffee. You know, it's, it's crazy. So you have to lay off the coffee. You barely drink two sips of water for lunch. It really is a, a special skill. And so I think about those people who did get to walk to the water cooler for a second, and now they are amongst all of these eyes and there are just things coming at them all day long. And all year long, right? It never slows up in education and you have to have the ability to multitask in a gajillion different ways. And that's, that's something that you have to get used to, except it doesn't start slow. It mm. takes off, you take off running really fast. Yeah. And that makes me think about first time experiences too, right? A lot of these teachers you know, you can prepare for something like we all take driver's ed and, and we get out on the road and we have different experiences on the road, but we never get to experience everything that driving is going to put at us. Right. Um, and so the same thing is with teaching. I could do my practicum. I can do it, be in student teaching and I still might not be prepared for the third week of school when I walk into my classroom bathroom and there's a beautiful poop mural all across the, the wall. It's happened. So I've been there, not, this is when I was teaching dance, but it happened. And so you're just not prepared for things like that, you know? And so again, I go back to those ARTC candidates who probably aren't expecting that either and haven't even gotten those experiences that our straight out of college students have, teachers have. And so um, they're a little behind as well. And so thinking about how can we try to get them as many experiences as possible, teach them 
what roadblocks might be ahead so that they can easily break down those those cones that are blocking them and keep moving forward. Um, I know personally, like I am a rather anxious human being, especially when it comes to first time events. And so um, when I know how to handle something before it happens, I'm much more likely to stay calm in the moment. And then that calmness projects to my students and projects to the rest of my day. And so I really think it's so important that we start building um, our new teachers toolboxes right away so that they're not empty with little spider webs, even though they're fresh, you know, they need to start having lots of different ways to approach problems. So that overwhelming feeling that, you know, first experience feeling isn't too much for them. Right. So ladies and gentlemen, you've heard it here from, from the master of mentoring, you're going to need to look out for special murals <laughs> and learn how to control your bladder. <laughs> Words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. I mean, oh, right. goodness. You I know, brought that to your podcast. Oh, I love it. But it, I absolutely, but it happened. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I absolutely love it. The stories that come out of, you know, the stories that come out of education in general. But first year, first year stories are always special. Like you ask, if you need to start a conversation with another teacher, ask them about their first year. Everybody's got some, right? So hidden in there was your comment about like alternative routes certification and that. There was an episode I put out, I think it was like a standalone back in the spring at some point where I got on my pedestal and I was like preaching from the mountaintops. Like I've had the honor to work with so many individuals who fall into this category. And when they step into their new role, maybe they were, I'll give you an example. Maybe they worked in a science field before, right? But that does not necessarily mean they're just going to step right in and figure out how to teach science. It's just a different thing altogether. And then from my end, a lot of what I do as far as like special education services and so forth, now those t- now our new teachers who may need to figure out how teaching and how leading a classroom and all those things, that, the dynamics of, of, of you being able to con- control and also build engaging learning experiences, they've got to learn all that. And they've got to learn... IEP paperwork. And that's a mountain too. And it can be a crushing blow to people. And so we have new teachers and we also have new teachers who have alternative certification routes. It can be overwhelming to say the least. Would you agree? And then you have to (laughs) add on top of that, they're in master level classes, Mm. you know, and it's just, it is, it is challenging. And when you step back and I can step back and look at, you know, the hundreds of, of mentees that have gone past me in these last 10 years, like it's amazing watching their growth, watching them improve each and every year. And just seeing that despite those challenges, most of them are just overcoming them all of the time. And, and they're, they're knocking them down head on. And, you know, it just speaks to, educators in general, you know, we are so resilient. And I think um, it starts from day one, year one, you know, you, you are in there and you are ready to, to, to do it all. And that's what teachers do. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And you know, it's, we can talk about the challenges that they, that they face and it's legit and it's tough. And, and if you've been in education, especially the last few years, you've seen plenty of new teachers come and go, which absolutely breaks my heart. And I look at what did we do? What didn't we do? What could we have done differently? What could, 
what are some more supports that we could have put in place? How could we have helped this person? It can be heartbreaking, but unfortunately, it is such a challenging job that some people dip their toes in the water and they're like, mm-mm, this is not, this is not for me, and off they go. However, I will say this, it's tough, but it is an ultra rewarding job. If you're a new teacher out there and you're listening to this, don't don't let the conversation just rattle your rattle you a little you know, and be like, I don't know what I'm getting into. No, you're gonna build trophy a trophy case and it's gonna bust at the seams with just all the memories of impacts that you're gonna make on young people. And that will far outweigh the challenges you have, but it is challenging, right? And that's why it's so important to have a good mentorship program and partnered up with really good, solid people. And even beyond mentoring, having supportive staff members who new teachers can feel comfortable enough to go to to ask any questions or any kinds of support. So could you just dive into like advice you'd give for mentors or anyone who's going to try to support new teachers? Absolutely. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's having the right people who are feeling confident and who are veteran teachers and who are ready to open themselves to telling those poop mural stories, right? <laughs> to remind us that, you know, sometimes the negative is going to end up on a funny story on a podcast years later, you know, and, and it's also somebody who is willing to just listen. I think one of the most important things that we should tell mentors to do is the same thing we tell all teachers to do, build relationships. From the very start, building that competent, calming, successful relationship is what's going to get you and your mentee to become one. They, you know, dropping off tiny little notes of encouragement, writing down as you're listening to them, if they say, oh, my daughter has a recital on Friday, just jotting that in your phone on Thursday night and being like, text Kyle that his, you know, good luck to your daughter, that sort of Hmm. thing. Those tiny little moments are what's going to help build that connection with you and your mentee. It's also being willing to listen, you know, sitting back. And so it's so funny. I say this all the time, like, we are fixers. Like that's, I feel like what, at least I know Kyle and I are, but that's <laughs> what so many teachers are, right? They want to yep. fix, they see a student struggling. They want to fix it, help them move forward. Same thing with the adults in our life. We want to fix it. And sometimes just sitting back and listening to what is happening um, on the other end from your new teacher and letting them try to work through it, you know, offering those those reflection questions back to them, which can be so hard sometimes because you're like, I know how to do it. Let me just tell you. <laughs> um, but it is, it's just like the classroom. You know, we yep. want students to figure things out on their own. And the same thing goes with our new teacher. I also think it's so important to focus on one thing at a time with your mentee. So same sort of idea. I sit down, I go into a classroom and I start observing. And afterwards I take a look back at my notes and I'm like, oh, there's a lot going on here that we could keep moving forward, right? And, you know, again, we wanna get in there and be like, well, if they, you know, if their instruction is this and their their planning looked like this and the groups weren't doing this, we have to take a step back and focus on one thing at a time. And one of yep. my um, mentors, uh, Mimi McPherson, who Kyle and I both work with, and she taught me a really important lesson. You know, she said, 
all lessons and all teaching are made up of some core components, right? And so it's how are you setting expectations and um, building routines in your in your classroom environment? How are you planning and preparing for your lesson? And then how are you delivering your instruction? And within those comes a myriad of little minute things that teachers are doing throughout their lesson. Again, going back to being able to multitask, right? And so when I look back at that observation of the teacher that I just did, I want to start with question number one. Did they set expectations and do they have routine? If the answer is yes, I'm moving on to planning and prep. Maybe that's where the problem is, right? But if I say no, that's where I should be starting with my mentee. Well, what is the expectation when they come in. I wrote down that the kids had came back from recess and, you know, they were bouncing off the walls and kids were running to get water and, you know, going to the bathroom to do who knows what. And so, um, you know, that's where I'm going to start. I'm going to say, start with, let's work on your routine of how students enter the classroom. And this is where I think it's so powerful to build a bank of videos and of watching other teachers do this step. Again, first time experience. I don't know how to set an expectation, but let me watch a veteran teacher. And if I don't have a video, the best thing really is to go and watch a veteran teacher do it. But we all know, like you said at the start, finding teachers and coverage is just so difficult. So having that video to sit down and watch model how it happens and then going in if at all possible or if you have a coach to go in to help model what does it look like i want you to come in i want you to sit down i need you to have your notebook open your pencil to your side let's try it oh some of us weren't doing it let's go back in the hall we're going to try it again until we get it right and keep practicing and practicing and once that's done that's that's a little note to your mentee girl, I passed your room today and those kids were working as soon as they came in from recess. Let's get together and talk about what's next on the list. And so those small little bits, it's just, again, going back to what we do with good teaching. We chunk our assignments. We break them down into small manageable bites. The same thing can be true for mentoring. Yep. And boy, so much good in what you just talked about there. It's Let me unpack just a couple of those pieces because you are spot on as as normal, as always. So when we look at a new teacher, I like the idea, like the analogy of looking at it like we're working with a student, right? So if you go in, a new teacher just starting, if you want to find plenty of things they need that they need to improve on, you're going to find it. Guess what? They're new. That's how it works, right? You can go to see a veteran teacher and find plenty of things to improve on. That's just how it is, right? Like everybody needs to get better. Be careful, though, is if you shower them with nothing but things to work on, you might crush their confidence. And if you can crush somebody's confidence, their ability to perform and feel good about their um, their overall abilities to do whatever it is they needed to get done, it's going to really be a real hindrance. So I, lo- I like your, your comment there about thinking in terms of, you know, we wouldn't do that to a student, right? Like, fine, not, I'm working with a sophomore in high school. Let me find the 10 things that you're doing wrong. And I'm going to tell you, right? I'm going to tell you right now. Right. What's the old, the old uh, like, organizer, graphic organizers, like a, like, a, like a hamburger or something, right? You're going to hit them with some good stuff. And maybe you're going to get them with something, like one thing to work on. And then you can hit them with some more good stuff. You want them to feel confident, right? So, but you also want to be honest 
and you also want to be able to you know find some specific things to work on. But if you give them 10 things to work on, it's just too much. You're going to saturate it, and it's just they're not going to know what to focus on. So that was that was really good comment. So as always, and, and you know that I'm a big believer in can we get them experiences in other classes. It, you know, the teachers that I've worked with, they've always, they always thank me if I'm able to set up something for them. However, it's tough, right? Like Everybody's short-staffed. If we, if we, you know, take this teacher out and we put, we, you know, go to another building or another classroom, got to get coverage. So what you're talking about is if that's not available, your idea of, of maybe videos, super, it's super, it's not perfect, but it's the next best, the next best thing to go to, which I know that's something you're a big believer in. So all good stuff, Lauren Bolden, as always. So let's finish up on this. Just a couple things that you think new teachers should know as they're heading into their their new job. So we're dropping this in August. And what are just some ideas of some things that you think they need to know and basically some ideas that their mentors or the people who are supporting those new teachers should know um, heading into this year? Absolutely. I think one of the most important things is to not be afraid to ask questions. And that's where being a mentor, it's really important to be that person who never sighs at a silly question Hmm. because there are no silly questions, right? Like, how are they supposed to know what the code is to the bathroom if they ever get a chance to use it? How are they supposed to know how to make a photocopy? How I had a teacher once say to me, I started and we did a fire drill and I, I didn't know where to take my kids. And so like, it's little things like that, that as veteran teachers, we sometimes take for granted because it's old hat, right? We learned it a long time ago. And so I think it's so important for new teachers to feel confident in finding that person who you feel comfortable asking those questions to. It could be your mentor. It could be your next door neighbor. It could be the secretary downstairs, whomever that is, they will be your biggest supporter because no question is silly, honestly. And I truly say that all the time. There is no silly question. If it's on your mind, then it's important to you. I also think that going back to building relationships, building relationships in the classroom is super key. Um, You know, starting off by getting to know your students for more than who they are academically. Who are they as a person? And I think about all of the time I would scan and I'd be like, oh, you know, I need to right away, I, you know, I can see some some silly behavior going on over here, more talkative behavior going on over here. Those are my first students. I'm going to be like, tell me about yourself. Like, oh, I saw you walking to the store the other day. What did you get? Or I saw you have your field hockey set. Like, do you play on the team? What sport do you play? And in a couple of days, I'm going to return back and be like, have you had any good M&M packs lately? Did you try the crispy ones? Or, you know, how did you win your game? I heard your name on the announcements. And yes, that's outside of the academic world, but that's what's going to matter. That's what's going to make you memorable because the students are going to be like, wow, they see me outside of the fact that I'm a C student in ELA. They see me for who I am on a broader scale. And that in itself can really take down a lot of issues that might occur in the classroom, especially behaviorally. Lastly, you need to give yourself grace. So there are definitely going to be ah, moments, right? (laughs) We talked about that earlier, but it's a finding a way to spin those into some sort of lesson that you learn. It's no longer your first experience. I'm going to learn from this and do it differently after I reflect on it next time or 
maybe I'll do it the same way. But I also think what's really important is giving you just like Kyle said, your trophy case. I know taking a folder at the start of the year and putting it in your desk or whatever space you have and storing up any cards, notes, messages from principals, mentees, and especially your students that can sit in that folder. And it's okay to peek in that folder on your hardest days to remember why you're doing this. You're doing it to get those kids to succeed, to move forward, to feel cared about. And, you know, those are the things that are going to, to bring highlights to your life. I know a family, they were both teachers and they would write down one funny thing a kid said or did or something positive from the day or something that they learned from on a tiny slip of paper each day and they drop it into a jar. And then on New Year's Eve, they would open it up and together on New Year's Eve, they would read through each of their little slips of paper just as like, we're starting a new year. I mean, I know it's a new, not a new school year. So maybe this would be better suited for like August. But um, anyway, I just love that idea because um, it's going to remind you of your why. And you'll hear that a lot. I also think it's super important. Sorry, I have a lot. You're good. Uh, You're good. You're spilling wisdom like crazy. Just keep going. (laughs) I also think it's important to find your BTF. That's your best teacher friend, okay? There's somebody who is going to listen to you on your best days and on your not so good days and not judge you if you just had an off day. They're going to be there to see you outside of school and, and, you know, help you do things personally and professionally. And they're going to get you Mm -hmm. because they're in it too. You know, sometimes when you're surrounded by those who aren't educators, they just don't understand because, Hey, it's just a class of kids. Like it can't be that hard. Hmm. Um, it is, and it can be. So finding that person to be there with you is gonna, is gonna make all the difference. And just remember, we're all in this together. Like all of us educators are here supporting one another and you've got great support in this guy right here um, to get you through all your challenging days and those who are willing to offer you advice and support, take it, run with it, and you'll just grow um, as an educator. Awesome. Awesome. The wisdom of Lauren Bolden. Thank you so much, Lauren. Let me tell you, you know, from videos to celebratory slips of paper to control your bladder and poop murals. Just, you never disappoint. Friend to the show today, tomorrow, forever. We'll have you on again, I'm sure, Lauren. Thank you so much for jumping on with it. Thanks, Kyle. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Lauren. I told you, she's dynamic. You know what? The thing that I believe sets her apart from so many people is she's ultra-compassionate. I'm not blowing smoke when I say she will roll up her sleeves and help anybody with anything. She's a special person. And that leads me into a quick discussion I want to have with you before we wrap up here. If we're going to get the most out of our new teachers, we need to blanket them with compassion and love and care. I get it. Maybe you didn't have a mentor who did that for you, or you didn't have a staff who did that for you. Maybe you didn't even need it. You know, 
it was times were different back 15 years ago. But think about how much has changed in the last 20, 15, 10, even four years. There's a lot that's changed. And we need to make sure that we embrace the idea of building up our young people, building up anybody who's new, because they're going to need more support than ever to try to get through the opening year of their new career. It takes a caring, compassionate mentor. It takes caring, compassionate friends. It takes good people to just wrap their arms around the new people on your staff, whether it's a teacher or a para, same thing with principals. You just need to show everybody you care for them. And they need to know they can go to you for help. If you're a new teacher, figure out who those people are that you can trust to go to to get some help because you're going to need it. It's super important. Thanks for showing up again. I appreciate you out there in education land. Remember, you can follow us at Recharged Family on Instagram and Twitter. You can also find all about the Recharged Family Service Network and everything that goes into that if you check out our website at rechargedfamily.com. Thanks again. Remember, take care of yourself so you can take care of them. Party time! It's like, sirens are going off in my head. We're going to try to just not be horrible. I'm watching you, exhausting entertainers. Always watching. Last Christmas. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at teachbetter.com slash podcasts, and we'll see you at the next episode. We would like to thank Kevin McLeod for the use of his music in our intro, outro, and also the music used in our interviews. You can find his information in the show notes below.